This is episode 143, Wild Hearted Purpose with Chris Franken. Welcome, I am your host, Claire Obeyed. Woman Awake is a soul-led journey of awakening through motherhood and womanhood. Woman Awake explores the soul-based, spirit-fueled, somatic and energetic journey of awakening, of consciousness. The power of an awakened woman lives in her life alignment, her inner attunement, and her embodied transformation. This is not just my journey, but it is ours, and together we seek to free our mind, feel our body, feed our soul, and to hear our heart. As women, as mamas, we seek clarity, we embrace the truth, we dive into the discomfort of our shadows, we honor our healing, and we be fully with our humanness whilst also being in our divinity too. Welcome, beautiful ones. We are diving into a beautiful and delicious conversation with the incredible Chris Franken. Now, Chris and I have known each other for many, many years. We haven't actually seen each other face-to-face for a very long time, but we have had the pleasure, as is the way with social media, of reconnecting there and being able to watch each other's journeys. I first met Chris many, many years ago when she was a journalist and I was working in public relations. And here she is many years later as an author, a mentor, a healer, a way shower and a creator of activating and inspiring journeys. It has been so beautiful to witness her unfolding and becoming in this space and to really own her purpose, her connection to her purpose, her connection to her community and being able to bring her wisdom and her energy and her light into the world. She has such a beautiful, soft and open and generous heart and it's very much felt in the work that she creates. She's very much of the light and you can see and feel and taste viscerally from her work that she's here to bring more and more light into the world. I'd like to just read a few words that I actually pulled directly from her website because I think this is just such a gorgeous summary of who Chris is. She has written here that she's a whole lot of sacred with a healthy dose of irreverence. She's devoted to meditation and mother nature. She laughs raucously. She's stubborn and untethered, rebellious and fussy. She's empathic and honest. She's a luminous soul who was born to stretch limits. And above all, she is wild and free. She has a penchant for words, sacred words, written, spoken, whispered, felt, and thought, and words that are infused with love, light, and magic have a way of lifting people from their fear, doubt, and insecurities into a higher way of being, which is such a beautiful segue because Chris and I will be talking about many things in this episode, but also diving into her two beautiful books, The Call to Intuition and Wild Hearted Purpose, which is just about to be released. So this is perfect timing to have this conversation. Enough from me. Let us dive straight into this interview with the beautiful Chris Franken. Hello and welcome to you, beautiful Chris. This is such an honor and a privilege to finally get the chance to have this conversation with you. I have been following along with your journey over the last few years and it's just so good. It's just so good. To have you here on the podcast and to finally have this conversation so welcome thank you so much beautiful woman yes we've been connected for quite a while and i've been following your amazing journey as well so it's completely divine to just really connect with you at this moment thank you you're so welcome so here you are beautiful chris you're now an author a mentor a healer a way shower and so much more of course you're a mama and 
a woman and a human and all of the things. But I'd love to start at the very beginning, knowing that, of course, we can't uh, dive into the entirety of your life because you are a rich, fully developed human being. But what is your story? How did you find your way to this point in your life and in your sacred service? I'd love to just introduce you to my community and those listening on the Woman Awake podcast. Beautiful, beautiful. So I was born in Canada. My parents are deeply religious. So I was brought up in the church. The church, <clears throat> excuse me, I really feel the church kept me connected to spirit. Uh, it was also a really big distraction. And I didn't really vibe with it the whole way, but I was very much involved in it. I think it really kept my gifts open. Um, so we moved around a lot as a family, settled in Sydney, Australia, uh, when I was about nine or ten. So I spent most of my life in Sydney. I studied psychology and sociology when I finished high school because well, I wanted to study music, but music didn't really last longer than high school. It felt like it was done, it was complete. I, I ended up at this beautiful big university not knowing what to do but wanting to do it all and that's why I felt a Bachelor of Arts was so perfect and I ended up studying psychology and sociology and I think what that did was it allowed me to write a lot I didn't realize how much I loved writing until I got there and they would say your next assignment is three and a half thousand words your next assignment is five and a half thousand words long and I'd be like yes and all my friends would be like you are nuts I'm like no I just want to write but also that I got to write about the subjects that I did from philosophy to architecture to uh, psychological disturbances to the whole realm that you get to dive into in a bachelor of arts it really suited me when I came out of the end of it though I felt quite lost I wanted to be a psychologist, I wanted to be a counsellor, I didn't have the grades to get me into my honours, so I thought, well, I was just going to muck around in hospitality for a while. Hospitality led me into um, working for an amazing food provador in Sydney where I just got to sample and sell the very best foods that got me into meeting food writers. So I came back around to writing and I realised I needed to work for a magazine I think every single person who knew the world of publishing said to me, don't do it. There's no such thing as a full-time job as a writer on a magazine. You'll never find your way. But that's only ever been fuel for my fire for me. Mm -hmm. And so I found a job, as you know, because that's where I met you. And I worked uh, full-time for Real Living Magazine as a beauty and health editor. And that kind of really suited me and it also really didn't. I was really under the pump on that magazine. I had a lot of people who, for whatever reason, um, gave me a really hard time. I'm not going to say I was bullied, but it really was an intimidating place to work at ACP magazines. I also met some lifelong friends, either working in editorial or, like yourself, working in who, the PR people who I got to meet a lot. And... Um, when I, when my job was made redundant, I had already been looking around. So it was the really beautiful segue into working as a freelancer. And short, then I had babies. Shortly after the babies, I had a session with a psychic who I think you know, although psychic doesn't do her justice, Lauren Aletta, 
Oh, yes. And it doesn't do her justice, no. Who, no, it's really hard to explain what she does. She's mm. phenomenal. And it was my the only reading I've ever had with her. And my daughter, Ariella, was just a baby, so my son would have been, I guess, five. And Lauren and I knew each other online, but she didn't really know what I did. And I think she just comes to each reading with a really clear and open space anyway. And she said, okay, so here's what you do is you take really difficult spiritual concepts or any difficult concepts, you break it down and you're able to help other people by sharing it in your own way. It's sort of simplified, but it's also really powerful. And also I see a whole bunch of books. Are you a writer? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's always quite spot on. She was so phenomenal. Like the whole, the whole session talking about my colors and my ways and my Mm -hmm. gifts and that was really helpful. And I've had a few people say, oh, um, you know, you could really, because I love the long form of writing, the books really do suit me. So then I became an author. My first book was published in 2020. My second book is going to be published uh, in a week's time on February 8th. And um, the other sacred service that I offer is mentoring Really, everything that I do from holding women's circles to writing on Instagram to just loving hard on my friends and my family, everything that I do is sacred service and it really, it always comes back to empowering others to listen to their heart. If I could sum up what I do, that's it. And whether that's in a hug or whether that's in a conversation or whether that's in 75,000 words in a book, Look, that's always my golden thread that's woven through everything that I do. I love that. It's like a little elevator pitch that goes straight to the core of it. I wish, yeah, I wish I'd, I knew how to summarise what I do with such beautiful succinctness. That was just so gorgeous. Empowering others to listen to their heart. I love listening to your story, Chris. I don't know, I was just smiling the whole way through, just... I think it's really beautiful for people to hear that there are really never any wrong turns. You know, that this this life that you've had and the family that you've come from and the jobs that you've ended up in and how they are all pieces of this greater puzzle and how they lead us to this point in time. And, of course, this point in time will continue to layer on and lead you to the next point in time and the next mm-hmm. way that you show up in the world. It's just really beautiful. And it sounds mm-hmm. to me like you have been listening to your heart in some way, shape or form for your whole entire life, that you've just kind of followed these little breadcrumbs and even if they don't make sense, there's a, a heart understanding that this is the right way to go. Mm. Beautiful. I, too, did a Bachelor of Arts at a very big university in Sydney and loved all of the writing too, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why I struggled in PR. I didn't say it. I didn't struggle, but one of the reasons that I, I didn't thrive in certain elements of PR is because I'm too wordy. They were like, too many words, strategy needs to be much more succinct. And all mm. I could think about was, oh, but at university it was 5,000 words and 6,000 words and 10,000 mm. words. So I, I'm with you. I'm with you on the word thing. Mm. Yay. And here you've got these two beautiful books, which we'll talk about in a moment but what I really want to ask you at this point because it sounds like for somebody who empowers others to listen to their heart and of course you obviously listen to your own heart it sounds like you live a spiritual life and I really kind of feel a bit icky when I use that term spiritual life maybe as a writer you could help me come up with another phrase here because um, to me it's not new agey 
when I ask this question. I'm not asking, you know, what sage do you use and, you know, what drum do you bang on, although I do all of those things. I'm more <laughs> asking, what's, what's your devotion? What's the way that you come into devotion and ritual? What does that look like so that we can understand and connect to you in a deeper level? What a gorgeous question, a really gorgeous question. The thing about the term spiritual life is that it can mean anything to anyone. I actually had a real game-changing moment a few years ago. I was reading some oracle cards and I was in the little guidebook and it said, your relationship to your spirit, your connection to your spirit is the most important relationship you'll have in your whole life. And I had to read that like 70 times wait, what? That is what a spiritual life is to me. That's And that's all it is to me. And what that does for me personally is it cuts away all the BS. It cuts away all the superfluous habits and needs and desires and everything that, that I think that I do that makes me spiritual and actually brings me back to the core of what my spiritual life is. And that is who I am off of social media, who I am when I'm on my own, who I am when I'm sitting quietly meditating, connecting to my own spirit. When I'm in that moment, all I desire is that sense of inner peace. And what I have found over the years is that the more I can tend to anything that gets in the way of me and my peace, that's when I'm showing up and doing the work. But that I don't feel like that's my spiritual life. I don't feel like the women's circles and the breath work and the retreats and the <clears throat> everything else that comes along with doing the work, I don't really feel like that is, um, I don't feel like that is in essence my spirituality. My spirituality is a quiet moment to myself. And if I find that my peace is not guiding me during the day, if I find that I'm angry, if I find that I'm off center if I find that my children are triggering me if I find that my relationships are harder than normal then I can take full responsibility because I'm doing the work and I can look at what is getting in the way of my peace and I can tend to that whether it's an ancestral thing whether it's a past life thing whether it's um, something to do with the energetics of where I live or the stars in the sky or whatever is going on for me so that's all I really feel like that's how simple it is mm. to do the work, to come back to that rich experience of peace within. And through peace, that's the portal to find ecstasy and joy and bliss and everything that is so our birthright and so tangible if only we can drop in. That's why meditation is so important to me. That's why living in nature is so important to me. That's why having people in my life who hold space for me to be all of me and fully express, but also don't like my husband is just, I've been with my husband for over 22 years and he has never once allowed me to just wallow in my own BS. <laughs> He's never once just stood back and gone, yes, I feel so bad for you. He just really holds space for me to be, in integrity, full responsibility, but also completely joyful. So my spiritual life, because I'm a Gemini, it is very varied mm. and it is I can't do one thing for too long. So I'll meditate in a certain way. I learned transcendental meditation many years ago and I'll, I love that when it flows. Otherwise my meditations are bare feet on the grass walking around talking to the nature and that keeps me zen. 
some days it's just cranking up some gorgeous instrumental piece in the house when no one else is here and making myself a cup of ceremonial cacao and just allowing the waves of bliss to wash over me. Mm. Yeah, so spirituality for me is very varied and the work that I do is I find inherently all about coming back to that inner state of bliss and the love that exists all around, the love that is the fabric of who we are. And when we're not in touch with that love, then there's a block, there's a conditioning, there's a sense of disconnect. And I fully believe it's my job and my responsibility to gently tend to that, find out what that is, alchemize it, realize my, my full power of alchemy, alchemizing that so that I can transform myself and transmute this body, this energy again and again and again to live in a higher frequency, to live in a higher state. I hope all of that makes sense. Oh, my God. Uh, yes, I'm completely lost in all of it, and I have so many things just sparking and tweaking within me because I agree with so much of it. I loved all of that. And there's so many things that I heard through what you said, and the... the the first thing I want to touch on is that beautiful reminder that spirit, your spirit, your soul is the most important relationship that you'll ever have. And it made me smile because my children will often ask me, who do I love the most, Mama? And I always say me. <laughs> I love myself the most before I love wow. you. And they're always quite surprised by that. But then I get a chance to explain what you've just explained to them, which is my spirit, your spirit, we are all connected. But if I love myself most then I'm taking radical responsibility. That to me is what self-love is. That to me is what being truly in love with ourselves is being responsible for ourselves. And then I do the work like you've described. Because I love myself the most, I'm more able to tend to the places and spaces that require more tending, awareness, tenderness, for example. So I really loved that you started there with that beautiful reminder for all of us. Because it filters down to everything, doesn't it? When we mm -hmm. say that that relationship with our highest self is the number one relationship. And I wonder if we were taught that from a young age, how that would shift things dramatically in the way that we relate with each other and the way that we move through the world. So good. And I think that there's this intentionality with placing yourself as the number one on the top of the list, that is the most key relationship. It, it makes the rest of life intentional, doesn't it? And that's kind of the core of what you've described, this spiritual life. It's an intentional life, whether that's the way you choose to dance and shift energy in that way or the way that you choose to earth or connect with Gaia in a particular way or meditate because you're tending to your shadow and tending to the parts that require awareness. There's intention there. Mm -hmm. so I think that there's some really beautiful things that anyone listening... So this podcast gets to pull out from your description of what a spiritual life is. And it's really refreshing, actually, because you didn't start with the routines and the morning sadhana and the practice. You started with the essence of it all. And mm. like you, I'm an air sign, and so I do require quite a lot of freshness in my spiritual practice. And I also require a lot of grounding and stability and consistency and all of that is my way in to who I truly am as opposed to the thing that makes me spiritual. So I really love that you exemplified that so beautifully for us. Just really delicious. And you can tell you're a writer, Chris. You've just got this beautiful way of articulating it all. It's so beautiful. Thank you. 
So all of that being said, an um, interesting transition for us here, and I want to get to this inner state of bliss that you're talking about in a moment, but with your spiritual practice, with your spiritual life, are there any lineages, energies, deities, goddesses, gods, anything like that that you particularly resonate with and work with? And I just love this question because I think I love all religions and I love all spiritual practices and I love all lineages. I think it's just any way in that people can have and access to the divine is spectacular to me, as long as it's obviously void of dogma and any other sort of restriction. So I just love this question because I think it's a beautiful for, way for us to understand perhaps how you connect a little more. I'm just swooning over your words any way in because that's all it is. It's any way into love. How can you find love? Can you find it in a beautiful big gum tree? Can you find it in the rose? Mm. Do you find it in the words of Mary Magdalene or in the symbolism of Egypt or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is? It doesn't all matter. Of that. Thank you. <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> yes. You and I both, right? We're so into a lot of these same pathways. And um, so for me, what's really interesting is. About a year ago, I, up until a year ago, I had a really deep connection with Isis, Mary Magdalene, Roses, with the Pleiadians, and I had a star council, which was mostly Pleiadian, but had a few other different representatives in there of star ancestors. Then I had my ancestral council, my bloodline. I have um, ancestors in the Cree lineage in Canada so mm -hmm. I have indigenous blood through my mama and so I sometimes would sit with these ancestors in spirit because I wasn't brought up with it I only found out about this almost six years ago and so did my mum almost six years ago so wow. she wasn't brought up in it either my mum passed on her intuition to me her very deep intuition and now we know where that comes mm. from but so I had an ancestral council and I also had a council of light which had Merlin, who was a very dear father figure for me, and it had Isis and Magdalene and Yeshua and quite a few uh, incredible beings of light who I got to sit with and who anyone gets to sit with and ask questions of. About March last year, 2022, I was sitting um, on the couch and I really wanted to go connect with my star council and I walked outside and the sky here is so beautiful I'm in the hinterland in Byron Bay and and there's just stars and it's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to move out here because I just wanted to see stars and I went out to connect with them and and I just saw stars and I mean stars in and of themselves are the most brilliant luminescent um wise gorgeous beings but normally when I look at the stars I see the Pleiades or I see or I just have messages come to me or I get visitations or I can see perhaps there's a spaceship nearby or, and it's all very my uh, third eye everything is very vague it's my knowing mm. of these vague uh, visual inner visual senses that um, the knowing is stronger and I walked out and there was nothing. There was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. So I went into a state of grief for about two weeks because I wasn't able to connect with anyone or anything, not even my grandmother. They all left me alone for a little bit. And I knew it was for a good reason. Mm. And I knew something big was about to come out of it. And I didn't know what. And two weeks later, I said to the universe, okay, universe, <laughs> I would like 
someone to connect to and I'm not sure where this path is going and it's okay if they're if the answer is nothing and then something happened beneath my feet and I looked down and I looked around me and I said mother earth Mm. mother earth okay so for now I'm just going to connect with mother earth and I'm going to ask her everything and what I found was that every prayer every connection every request every everything that I had with her felt more powerful than anything ever had it was almost like I was looking at her but I wasn't seeing her and I'd been talking about Gaia for so long and I had been like a barefoot on the earth like rose in my face kind of gal but I had never actually sunk in fully to her embrace and then what I started to notice was that these beings these masters and goddesses and star councils were all coming into the earth frequency because the dimension of earth is rising what that sorry the frequency of earth is rising she's becoming a multi-dimensional being what that means is that what we used to see sorry what that means to me is that what we used to see on earth was the third dimension below us in the crust of the earth is the second dimension in the core of mother earth is the first dimension the fourth dimension is in our mind the fifth dimension is love and so on it goes the higher dimensions are sacred geometry and they are the mind of god and they are sound and light and all of those things that are now flowing to us on earth not just to those who can see not just to the gurus in india who are spending their whole lives connecting to those dimensions not just the ones who have been chosen to, to keep hold of that wisdom over the centuries for humanity. It's now available to all of us because it is here. So when I asked Merlin, where are you? Where can I find you? He said, I'm in your son. When I asked Isis, where are you? Where can I find you? She said, she said, well, you know, that golden ank that you breathe into every day, that's me. That's where I am. You don't need me anywhere else other than that. And I found that with all of the goddesses and all of the masters that they were all within me, within earth, within the rocks. They're all here. They're all in the children being born. I feel it so strongly. This is such a deep knowing and such a big, it's a big surprise for me, but it's such a beautiful part of the awakening that's happening on earth is, is the, is the merging of the dimensions Mm. here. And of course that would happen. Mother earth can hold it all. What it's doing is it's shaking everything up. And so when I focus on earth, when I focus on her, when I go put my hands on a great big rock, I just, nothing else matters. And the alchemy is so powerful and the love is so palpable. What I found recently is that there's a star council that is beginning to speak to me more and more, but they're not off in different galaxies. They're actually right here on earth. And I'm able to sit with them as though they're just sitting on the couch with me. And I'm able to talk to them with much greater ease. And so there's that that's unfolding. But it's been a really interesting year, which I never saw coming, this whole shift, this multidimensional shift that so many people have known about for so long. And yet here we are living it, breathing it, experiencing it. And it's all unfolding so differently to anyone who's connected to those lineages. It's all unfolding in, in very different ways. Oh, 100% agree with that. There's so many things that have unfolded for me that I would never have scripted in that way. And I just think that's such a, uh, it's so potent to 
And this has been part of my journey, this piece of embodiment. You know, we're not looking to these deities, goddesses, energies, etc., to leave the earthly plane or to disconnect from our body or to trust in something outside of ourselves. We're here to have an experience in our bodies on this earth at this time. So I really love this experience that you're having of, of connecting with these energies here through your body on earth at this time, which is very different to how it perhaps was in previous ages, right? This experience now of its embodiment. It's embodiment. Yes, it's judging. It's definitely, it's all about the body. You're right. I'm really glad you brought that up. It's all about the body. The body of the earth is our body. It's the same thing. And it's quite funny because if you look at some really beautiful spiritual texts from the 80s and 90s, they talk about ascension as though the masters are coming down to earth, but they're coming, they're coming to take us away. It's like we're going to ascend into a spaceship. Whereas what we're learning now is the ascension is all within Yes. And the masters are definitely coming down to earth to hold our hands and to assist us and to really hold this space for us because this is so potent, but it's all happening in the body. Oh, yes, I've had some powerful experiences with you know the presence of Yeshua or Mary Magdalene and they've instructed me or asked me to do something and it's always happened through my body. Mm. And it's been an interesting experience because I've had clients or, or particular workshop guests say to me, if they are so powerful, why are they not doing it? Why are they doing it through you as opposed to, you know, their, their presence here? If they are so powerful and so ascended and so light, why are they not able to do it? And I said, well, that kind of defeats the purpose, right, of this <clears throat> embodied experience of us merging and connecting with the divine and connecting with the earth and having all of this come together as opposed to waiting for something outside of us that's greater and more light-filled to do this powerful work mm. so I think that's really yeah I, I couldn't love what you've just shared anymore mm. so beautiful and very um there's a lot of sweetness there it's like it, oh it's right here under my feet I don't need to longingly gaze beyond and pray to something hoping that it will hear me and answer my call I can commune and connect and come into daily ceremony with Gaia and she holds it all and she mm. is the vessel and the channel for all of this. It's really is a sweetness to that. It's like nectar. It's like, ah, oh, that feels so good. Yes. Yum. Yes. So you touched on in that beautiful description that you shared with us about this awakening or this ascension that's kind of happening. And that's kind of at the core of what the podcast is about the woman awake podcast it's about this awakening that we're all having as human beings as mothers as colleagues in our businesses everyday stuff waking up to so much waking up to who we truly are so i wonder for you chris what does it mean to you to be a woman awake what does that look like for you if you were to say i am a woman and i am awake what does that mean if I can take it to the macro for a minute mm. and just elaborate a little bit on what I touched on previously is that the earth in physical form is moving into this place in the universe called the photon band. The photon band is light. And what happens is when the earth cycles through this 
I can't remember if it's 12,000 years or the next 24,000 years or something, something. But as she moves through this, there is actually greater light, unseen light that is flowing through her and is making her become awake. So she herself, Gaia herself, is the woman to awaken first. And we are the ones who get to awaken with her. If we are able to connect with our spirit, we become conscious beings. And then we're able to actually vibe with her intentionally rather than, uh, what the hell's going on? I don't know what's happening. And I need um, people externally to tell me what's going on. I need people externally to guide me through this. Now we have the opportunity, and this is what Woman Awake means to me, is I get to tune into Gaia every single day and say, hey, how are you? And she'll send me a bird or she'll send me a message or something really funny will happen or it'll be like, okay, today is a bit of a gritty day, so get yourself some extra chocolate and play some beautiful music (laughs) and get yourself in the ocean and we're going to ride this together. And then I tune into my body and I say, and how are you? And I get to tune into this woman who I am embodying as an infinite spark of the divine. And I get to tune into her with compassion. Not always. It's not always this sweet. (laughs) I know. Sometimes it's like, hmm, hello, aging body of mine. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Sometimes it's, what the hell? But also, I love you. But uh, yes. So... (laughs) But do I do I do I need that extra wrinkle? Mm. Right. Oh, and the healing process that we I think a lot of women I know are traversing at the moment, this path of healing as a part of being awake is actually quite an honor because if you are healing deeply at this point and there's a lot going on for you, but you're not awake to whether it's ascension symptoms or whether it's just a natural therapy that can help you or whether it's just an an awareness of your body that is so much greater than what is happening to me rather than responsibility, which is such a gift when you actually tune into that sense of responsibility and integrity and forgiveness and compassion and the whole works. That's what a woman awake is to me, is to tune into who I am as a multidimensional being not only representing the earth but also walking hand in hand with her as my mother as the one who gave me life I'm so blessed to have a beautiful mother who is still alive who gave me life who is most definitely a woman awake and someone who I can talk to about so many things she does still go to the church she is very much involved in that but I love how awake and open she is And at these times when we find our soul tribe and we find the family who are awakening or have been awake for a long time, it's such a treasure to really hold each other hand in hand and look each other in the eye and know that we signed up for this together. What a magical time. I know. It's pretty spectacular. Thank you for that Mm. reminder. That's really beautiful. (laughs) And I too have a mother who is still very much in the church but also very open. And I love her devotion and I love her religion and I love her version of spirituality and she shaped so much for me and it's really beautiful because I get to call her up and recite the Hail Mary and the Our Father in Aramaic to her now which I've learned through priestess training and she just cries down the phone. Oh Claire! Yeah it's just so beautiful it's just like we have different ways of connecting to the divine but we 
have shaped each other in so many ways. And so, mm. yeah, it's important to honour the mother, whichever that figure is for us, whether it's our, you know, human mother, the earth mother, mothering ourselves. I think it's just uh, a way back to what you said before, to prioritising our relationship with ourselves and prioritising our relationship with the divine. There's this, that, that womb wisdom that womb-based culture, that connection to the mother energy for me is an anchor point. And I know it's a very sore point for a lot of people. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of healing that we can do around that, which again relates back to the woman awake. And I love that you said that Gaia is the awakening woman. So there's so much of this beautiful uh, return to the mother energy that we have going on here when you talk about Gaia and you talk about her being the awakening woman. That just mm. gave me goosebumps when you said that. <laughs> really beautiful. So let's go a little further into you and your world and what you offer us with your words. Because many moons ago, as we mentioned at the beginning, I was working in PR and you were in journalism. And I always resonated with you and always felt a very um, beautiful connection with your energy. So to know that you are now creating these incredible books and offering your energy further afield just makes my heart go all tingly and happy. So let's start with your first book, which you said came out in 2020, I believe you said, and it's yeah. The Call to Intuition. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about that book and why intuition is something that you feel is, a, is something we need to respond to, the call of it, to honour it, to hear it, to be with it? Help us understand that a little bit. Sure. You know, when you were talking about us meeting quite a, quite a while ago, mm -hmm. I have this vision of like a really busy beauty launch, mm -hmm. PR everywhere, uh, beauty editors everywhere, and then everyone else that comes along with that. Quite often we would end up in the most beautiful restaurants with just a divine food and champagne flowing at whatever o'clock and... It was so much fun, but I do really recall seeing you as someone who was so real mm. because the beauty industry is um, is quite an illusion. Mm. There's so much of it that, that I couldn't anchor into and I couldn't stay with for long. Um, and to meet someone like you in a very, very busy room and go, oh, Claire, you were like a touch point for me because I did – feel a bit lost like but I'm writing but this is fun but I get champagne at 10 in the morning but I get flown to Melbourne what is what could possibly not be right about this and then there were people like you and actually products that were being made at the time that I would anchor into and go no this feels real this feels real I don't know what else is going on but there are a few real people who I'm I'm still grateful to be connected to and that is actually intuition at work which mm. so I love that you just bundled all that up for me <laughs> because when you meet someone and you feel at home and you your heart feels expansive you feel safe with them you can't explain it you're not meant to explain it your intuition is subconscious it's very tangible it's it's in your body it's it's you've been embodying it your whole life your subconscious mind is connected to your heart space your five external senses and um, it doesn't use words to communicate to your conscious mind so I could never have explained why I was so comfortable with you 
Mm. and why we're still friends and still connected. And it's not because we're into the same things on the spiritual path. It's mm. just because there is an open-hearted connection there. So the, yeah, oh, babe, so beautiful. Our intuition is always very much alive within our bodies. It's not switched off. Our senses are never switched off. So we're always connecting to the world around us through our five physical senses. And when that information comes through, we're only, we're only aware, we're only conscious of what we need to know. And so we receive a lot of information that stays in our body. Like whatever we witness stays within our body. We don't always know what happened, but our body knows, our body remembers. And it remembers where and who makes us feel safe. It remembers where and who makes us feel unsafe. Our intuition is so strong um, because it is our body. And the way our subconscious mind actually speaks to our conscious mind is through dreams, physical sensations, which, you know, the senses, obviously, through, um, through symbols and symbolism. And that is really strong, a strong undercurrent underneath our conscious mind throughout our life. And so when we feel the whispers of our heart, it's usually not in conscious words. It's usually not in whatever language we normally speak. It's a totally different language. And that's why we sort of need to drop out of our heads and into our hearts to get to know how our intuition works. And even deeper than that is our instinct. We have this gut instinct. And that is so strong. That's ancestral. That is so deep. It is so ancient. And just because it's ancestral, of course, doesn't mean that it's healthy. Our ancestors might have had a really rough time and we might have had some childhood trauma there as well in our own lives that has shaped our instincts. So we might not feel safe anywhere we go. We might, not, we might find it really difficult to stay grounded anywhere we go and that's a really big part of why it's so powerful to get to know your gut instinct, to talk to it, because it's even deeper it's even more, we can't access it consciously at all. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't really come up through dreams or visions or anything like that. And that's where when we get to do the work with other people, other people can reflect and working with um, plant medicine. And by plant medicine, I just mean a rose or cacao or working with mugwort or whatever you're into. You know, that what that can in effect do is bring up what's in our shadow, in our unconscious mind to the light and we get to see it, that might be uncomfortable, that might be ecstatic, it might be through tears, it might just be a simple knowing, a simple release. The more we allow that through our emotions and through our healing to occur and to just move through us and not get stuck in the story, which is unfortunately what a lot of people still do for healing. And I have a de degree in psychology and I, know, I understand how healthy that can be. I've seen many psychologists over my life but I do find that that can be really a really great help when you need someone to talk to about something, especially something that's confidential, something that's really private. And a lot of people are a lot more private than I am. I can share myself <laughs> with a lot of people quite openly. Hello, Gemini. But um, I know, so I know psychology has its place, but when you get to go beyond that, I really believe you can go quite deep. So the gut instinct is very interesting, obviously very connected to the heart's intuition, but they do work independently as well as together. Mm. When we find that healing, when we find that deep inner awareness of our being, 
then we feel safer wherever we go and we feel like we have this open heart and we also trust that when we feel restricted and closed and there's something really gritty going on in our gut that's when we know okay this situation isn't for me like that was how I felt in general in working as a beauty editor this is not this is not my vibe there's something actually that makes me yeah right there's something that uh is not allowing me to feel my most expansive self. And so that's when the insecurities were popping up and, and you know, I'm not as beautiful as the other beauty editors. I'm not as this, I'm not as that. And actually it had nothing to do with that. It was just the universe guiding me beautifully, perfectly onto my next step, like you mentioned earlier on. The other guide we have within us is our mind's insight. So insight intuition and instinct I find to be the three guidance systems that we can tune into insight comes in two ways there's everyday insight like listening to a podcast or watching a documentary or reading a book or chatting with a friend you get an everyday insight something lands in you and it resonates and you feel that resonance because it's tangible and you think yes wow that's that's really interesting I can really think about that and you're already starting to embody it because it's resonating then there's also psychic insight which we are all receiving all the time the flowers speak to us all the time the trees are very much alive the clouds have messages for us as they pass by the stars in the night we if you don't ever find yourself sitting in a council of light beings it doesn't mean you're not connected to spirit you can go and you can sit on a rock and receive just as much wisdom as someone who gets to, you know, have a three-hour-long dream of being with Yeshua or a past-life recall of working in the Egyptian halls or, you know, so there's so much available to us. And psychic insight really does drop in through the crown chakra and it really, and it lands and it seems to come out of nowhere because it's coming out of a different realm, but it's still all around us. So um, that's what the book was for me, was a real deep dive into these three guides within us and how to explore them, how to heal them, how to come into a really close relationship with yourself so that you can be guided by this in every moment of every day because we're all capable of that. And the more we can dissolve anything that tells us that we um, are not psychic and that we're not intuitive, the more we can let go of that, the more we find actually it's our most natural state. Oh, such a beautiful description. And I think that piece of safety is so important to highlight that when you're living from a state of instinct, insight and intuition, that you then ultimately feel more safe. And when you feel more safe, you're able to better move through your life and experiences and step forward to challenges or take risks or open up to more abundance because there is safety there and there's Mm -hmm. trust for yourself and there's faith. I think that's really beautiful, Mm -hmm. which I think is so important as our segue because I want you to share a little bit about your next book, which is Wild Hearted Purpose. And that comes out very soon. You said Feb 8th. And what I really love about this is when I think about the words Wild Hearted Purpose, what has to be a precursor for me at least to really step forward towards the essence of that is what you've just described, that safety comes from instinct, insight, intuition. And then you can really open, it's like spreading your wings. That's kind of the vision that I've got, being able to open the heart, spread your wings and step forward to purpose and sacred service. So there are three key areas I know that you share within 
this beautiful journey. Can you share a little bit more with us around living in accordance to the bliss of your being, being connected to Mother Earth, which of course you've shared a little bit about, and being in tune with your community? Because these feel like the three pillars that are coming out of this beautiful book, which I can't wait to read. Oh, you're so gorgeous. Yes, spreading your wings. I actually hadn't, I knew that the Call of Intuition was a beautiful first book and that Wild Hearted Purpose really comes from that. But the way you just shared spreading your wings, I got so many goosebumps. That was just divine. Um, yes, so yes, I love those three pillars. That's absolutely right. So following and really finding your bliss is actually something that is has always been my guide for me. Where is my bliss and how can I follow more of that? So, of course, when you do that, you get called selfish a lot. You get called mm. really stubborn and you get mm. called a witch and you get called so many things that I'm really quite happy to own because I am stubborn and selfish and a witch completely. That's totally my vibe. <laughs> but when I follow my bliss, I know that I'm actually really moving towards what lights me up and I feel like that's the whole point of being here. What is lighting me up? Because whatever is lighting me up is showing me that here you are, this is it, this is, the, this is a moment that you kind of preordained, something that you had set up for yourself before you even incarnated. Here you are living where you're living, uh, connecting with soul family, raising your kids as consciously and as lovingly as possible and, you know, the whole works. And so purpose is so much more than what you do uh, in exchange for money your purpose is how you live every day and if you're following what lights you up then you're actually leaning more and more into your purpose your highest purpose uh, in this particular incarnation so if I think of my children what is lighting me up when I'm with my children mm. is usually when we're outside and we're having fun we're at the beach we're at the creek and we're just giddy with the joy of being alive and living in a place that feels really safe to us, living in a way that feels really good for us. Um, the kids have really firm boundaries, but then, you know, so do I. So many things involved in that. And so when I tune into them and what lights us all up together as a family, then I know that I'm living my purpose if I'm following that. But if I'm sending them to a school that doesn't light me up, if I'm giving them food and then I'm feeling guilty about it, if I'm, you know, any of those things that I could do for myself, that I could do for my children, that I could do for my friends, any of those things that don't light me up, that's a little, you know, key way of my being saying, you know, if you're feeling really uneasy about this, then there's a reason. Yeah, so, attention. Pay attention with love, with gentleness, but really pay attention. <laughs> which, like, is, which is being awake, right? It's just right. being awake. Yeah. That's exactly right because awake is consciousness, is attention. And our attention, this fourth dimension of our mind, is actually where our power lies. Okay, so there's the bliss aspect. There's the Mother Earth aspect of the book. Mother Earth basically tapped me on the shoulder and said, listen, why like I was struggling to know what I was going to write for my second book and I was really ready to go with it and she said what is it that you were obsessed obsessed with like why were you so obsessed with intuition when you wrote about intuition and I was like well ah, uh, I just had to really feel into that moment when I decided to write a book about intuition and then I went oh of course I'm going to write a second book about soul purpose so it was her that really nudged me onto the onto that path and it was really 
her that created all these journeys that are in the book. So there's so many journeys, like actual meditative journeys that take the reader through a valley, through a storm, like through so many different aspects of the natural world because it's the natural world that teaches us everything that we need to know. I had someone tell me that when my son was really little and it changed everything. Like everything that your child needs to know, he will learn through nature. And I thought, that's profound. So that's what the book is about because everything we need to know about our purpose, we can learn when we get our physical bodies into physical nature, not just by, you know, looking at nature through Instagram, but actually being there with her open heart, open mind and discovering what she wants to teach us through vines, through weeds, through wildflowers, through the way a fern unfurls, through the way the seasons move within us and all around us, all all of it. So everything about the book, the book is all about her and it's all for her. I'm so deeply humbled that she kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, okay, this is what I need to share and you're the one that's going to share it. I feel like, yes, it did come from me because I have been a sole purpose mentor for quite a while now. And because of the different ways that I'd been mentoring people to discover their purpose and to really live on purpose, I was able to weave that into the book as well. But it is very much a focus on Mother Earth because then I find what else could be more relatable than that? And then the third aspect that you mentioned, community you know, I've always, well, I shouldn't say I've always, but for a long time I've really wanted to live in a community, but the idea of actually moving into an already established community kind of didn't feel right either. And so when my husband and I bought 40 acres in the rainforest a little over a year ago, when we were moving in, we called in some friends to come and live with us because we needed a lot of help with the house and the garden. We needed a lot of help and they glad Adley said yes, but they also said that they really didn't want to leave, that this is the area they've always wanted to live in. And we'd known them really well and actually worked with them uh, in different areas and really collaborated with them and sat with them in meditation. And so we really had this soul family vibe already going on. And they still live with us. They had a baby here on the property. And we have another friend moving in with her two kids. And we have a we have more people around on the property to help us now. And it feels like whether people live here or they just sort of come and go during the day, it feels like we're really creating a community, but also connecting in with our neighbours who, although we can't see each other because that's just how we all live up here, um, I really feel like I'm actually closer than ever. I've lived in some beautiful neighbourhoods in Sydney and in North Byron and in other places. I really... I really appreciate having people who live right next door to me who I can know and love and trust. I think that that is brilliant. And I'm not ever saying that my way is the only way to live in community. There are so many different ways to get to know your community, but the value of community is actually seeing your gifts reflected in the eyes, in the words of another and actually doing that for other people as well and the more connected you are open-heartedly with people who genuinely get you who really are in alignment with you and who really support you and your philosophy and your choices that you make the way you raise your kids or the way you are starting a food forest or whatever it is that you're that you're doing when you have those kinds of people around you who really do understand you and appreciate you, 
and celebrate you, then you get to have that symbiotic um, reflection with them. And I think that that is actually how we bring our gifts into sacred service. That is how we actually share our light, our heaven on earth, is by doing what we want to do and being who we are and then finding the reflection in the expression of another. So community to me is so deeply valuable when we consider what it is our purpose is and why we're here. Mm, I want to move in. Come. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and I agree. It, I think it's relationships are what we're here to experience, right? So when we mm -hmm. can be in that symbiosis that you describe and be re in relationship and connection and service and filling in gaps where other people perhaps are not holding in strength and vice versa, there's just something magical about that, knowing that you can be seen and also see somebody else's. Yeah, I think that's mm. the point. Yes. That book of yours, Miss Chris Franken, sounds incredible. <laughs> I can't wait to soak it up every single word. Thank mm. you so much for sharing you and your wisdom and your light and your energy. It's felt through the ethers, through the waves. I can feel you so strongly and I'm so grateful to have had this chance to connect with you again in this way after all of these years. And I do... Thank my PR self those many, many years ago for placing myself in that space and time so I could meet you. I'm really grateful to my past self for that. That's be so beautiful. Yeah. I'm grateful to our past selves for getting through that initiation that we were in for whatever reason to meet each other and to journey together. Thank you for having me on your beautiful podcast in this beautiful space that you've created. I really love what you contribute to the world and the very palpable love and compassion and grace that you bring. It's just divine. Thank you for being you. Such a beautiful reflection. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So before mm. we close, is there any final piece of wisdom or anything from your world that you would love to offer out to us all before we sign off and, and wrap up this beautiful journey together? I think for a lot of people, when they hear the words, trust your heart, tune into your heart, open your heart, it can be really quite a wafty ideal for them if they've never actually done that. So my advice, as much as I don't love to give advice, my advice to you if opening your heart and trusting the wordless wisdom within there, if that sounds way off, for you or if it sounds like it's something that you have just lost your way with a little bit is to create just five minutes a day with a journal and play beautiful music have a beautiful tea and cacao make it really fun if you want to burn some incense go ahead if you don't like it light a candle create a little space for yourself and then imagine, take a, like three really beautiful deep breaths and imagine your heart space opening just imagine that there's that there's just maybe something is blocking it. So maybe you can just imagine the energy field around you opening and expanding and trust, trust, please trust that when you do open your heart and you fill your field with love, that is the safest space you can ever be in. You don't need to close that back up. So the more you practice it, the more it just kind of stays open. When you can open your heart and you can feel the flow of love, you might feel the flow of other emotions and just allow them and know that they are safe as well because they're all in the space of love. They're all held by love. 
call in Mother Earth to hold that space with you if you need that little extra anchor. Call in whatever guides you're connected to and then just really ask your heart if it could please translate its wisdom into words for you and then just start writing in a notebook for a few minutes to see what comes up. And it's probably preferable if it doesn't make sense first off, so don't be put off if you're just writing something that sounds a bit too wild. Go with it and just keep opening up to your heart wisdom every single day. I promise you it's one of the most mm, illuminating rituals that you can create for yourself. And if you ever feel like it's a little bit too much and it's a little bit overwhelming, then you just write on the note page whatever it is that you need to know. So write it from your higher self. I am safe. I am loved. I'm okay here. I'm okay in this space. So you can actually move it in the other direction and just come back to your own heart and say, I'm okay. This is safe. My body is safe. My body is my temple. Any kind of interaction that you have within your heart, your body, your temple, your spirit, your soul is valuable. It doesn't have to be blissful, but the more you do it, the more access you will have to bliss. It's just such a beautiful connection, and I really do recommend it to everyone. Oh, such delicious guidance. I'm going to re-listen to that and definitely dive in in that way. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for your energy, for all of you. And I so appreciate your time and for being here with me on the Woman Awake podcast. Thank you so much, Claire. It's been just divine to connect with you this way. Thank you for listening to Woman Awake. If you found this episode supportive, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes. This is the best way to cheer me on and ensure that Woman Awake lands in the hearts and ears of those that need it most. If you think of someone that needs this medicine, please do me a favor and share this on. You can find me over at clarabade.com slash podcast. Thank you for being a part of this journey of awakening.